from the 12th Man Studios of Sports Radio KJR Seattle, your home for the NFL proudly presents Mike Holmgren, connecting you to the inside of the Seahawks and the NFL, and brought to you by Tacoma Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram on the corner of 38th and South Tacoma Way, the intersection of savings. Now, Mike Holmgren on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back in. It is time to check in with Mike Homer, and he's a busy man. We're, we're trying to connect with him. He's got his cabin down in the woods in California. He's been running back and forth. He had a nice tan when I saw him in here yesterday, Bob. He'd been out. I guess he wouldn't have a tan from riding his Harley on top of his head because you would think he'd wear a helmet. He'd be smart enough, especially in the state of Washington, where it's required. Yeah, is he back, is he back to doing it? I know after the surgery yeah. he was, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan. Obviously, I'd, I have a Harley and love to get out on it, and the weather has been so nice recently. And I remember I asked him, are you getting out there? Can your hips double hip replacements? And he said, yep, yep, I'm going to do it. So uh, we'll, we'll find out. The man is on the line right now. Uh, Mike Holmgren joins us Tuesdays. Right at eleven o'clock, coach. You've been out on your bike. I'm hoping you're going to say yes. So you've been just having a ball out on the on the cycle. Is that true? <laughs> not yet, not yet. But I plan to do it later in the week. Yeah. Oh, see, just but you have been out. You tested the hips, right, and everything was good. Yeah, I, no, I've ridden it. I just haven't been out this week. Yeah, yeah. it went well, and and uh, yeah, it's nice to be back on it. It's fun for me. I'm blaming KJR for the fact that you haven't been out on the bike because I know, any retired I know. All of a guy, sudden, I, was, I, I came out of retirement, and I'm busier than ever. I'm telling you, I love when I'm driving around and it's sunny and it's like I'm driving home from work what at, you know, one or two in the afternoon and I'm seeing all these guys that, you know, you see all the retired guys out there on their Harleys and I'm so jealous. I'm like, you know, and you're one of those that I'm jealous of, Mike. Well, uh, thank you. I, you know what? It is fun and I know you enjoy it right too. So I just, uh, I tell everyone to be careful, you know, and, and drive, drive properly, ride properly. Well, that's, uh, yes, that's our public service announcement for the day. Well, we got you on not to do public service announcements, but to talk some football. And I was just chatting with Bob. Bob Condota's in from the Seattle Times today. Hey, Bob. Uh, hey, in, Mike. How in the chair. Uh, we were talking about Paul Richardson and how it might not have been what people, people thought that the Seahawks would address the wide receiving core in the draft. But I think some people were surprised at the type of wide receiver that they went after, which is a burner as opposed to a big physical guy that's six foot four, yeah. which is what Pete Carroll has liked in the past. What what'd you think of that pick and how he will fit in with this team, Mike? Well, I, I was a little surprised by the pick, to be honest. I, I think uh, knowing uh, the type of receivers they like and at, quite honestly, knowing the type of receivers I like, uh, even though Paul is very fast and, and, and did a wonderful job in college, you know, he is small, and um, typically, typically those guys uh, either, one, have a little trouble getting off the line of scrimmage, or two, they get banged up and hurt. So, um, yeah, and I was I was a little bit surprised by the pick, but, you know, I mean, we'll see. He's something they didn't have, which is how they like to draft. I mean, they like to t- take spots and, 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 and talents that they don't have and kind of insert them for – one or two things, and I think that's what they did here with his speed. How do you, uh, you know, you look on paper, and he and Percy Harvin look look real similar, but I know the Seahawks have said they're, they're very different stylistically and things like that. When, when you look at him and Percy Harvin, how different do you see them as being and how they would be able to get them each, each on the field at the same time? Well, I'd like to see Paul in person, you know, uh, on, on film. Uh, yeah, you see some similarities. You see great speed. Um, you see uh, 
avoidability. I mean, they can really get away from people, and they have good skills running the ball. I think Percy is special, though, when it comes to that. And I, I think you can take a very, very fast guy like Paul Richardson, and that's that's similar. But then when it comes to actually running with the football and yards after the catch, I, I think Percy Harvin's kind of unique. Uh, and, if, and if this young man can get anywhere close to that, um, then they've really got something. Talking to Mike Holmgren here, the wide receiving core as a whole, Russell Wilson talked yesterday that it's a faster group now with Richardson in the mix. And he said, our receivers right now are as fast as it gets. And he went on to name them. And you mentioned the speed of Paul Richardson. They were criticized a lot last year as just being an average group on a very good football team. Mm -hmm. Some said below average. Mm -hmm. If Percy Harvin is healthy with the addition of Percy, or excuse me, the addition of Paul Richardson, the loss of Golden, give me your rundown of where this wide receiving core may rank compared to the other ones in the NFL. Are they average, below average, going to be better? What do you think? I think think they've improved. I think if Percy Harvin stays healthy, uh, just that by itself – they've improved. I think you, you have Kirsch, you have Baldwin, you have those guys that are a little more typical of the wide receivers you see in the league that are, that are a certain size and a certain speed, not, not bad speed, you know, but not, not the over the top speed, but they're good size. So it's kind of the total package. I think some of these other guys are uniquely fit for a certain thing. Do I think they're better? Yeah, I think they probably are a little bit better now, talent-wise on paper, but it has to equate to on-the-field stuff. I mean, last year, you know, their their top catcher, I think, caught, I don't know, 55. Bob, you'd probably know this. He was 64, top. yeah. Golden Golden had 64. Golden had 64. I think Baldwin had about 50, something like that. Those aren't real big numbers in the NFL. Those, those are, In fact, those are numbers from a team that doesn't pass the ball very much, quite honestly. And that was their style. Now, if they change their style, then you might be able to see what the receivers can really do. But the receiver can only do what's dialed up for them in many cases. And I think the criticism last year at times, <clears throat> I don't think it was very fair. I thought it was a pretty good group. and uh, But a lot of times they didn't throw the ball very much, not like other teams anyway. Do you, uh, speaking of their style, I, the, Pete Carroll at times seemed like he was almost defending their style uh, at, at, at times last year, just, you know, that this is who we want to be and we want to be a run first team and around our defense and all that. Do you, do you think he would have much difficulty at all changing that if he decided, hey, we've got the, the tools now to go out and throw it a lot more? Uh, I think he would. Now, he might tell you he wouldn't, but I think he would. You know what I mean? Because – his style is his style. My style was my style. Coaches develop their own philosophy. And one of the reasons you have a chance to win, I think, is that you believe in it and you teach it and you stick with it. You're not jumping all over the place. So, yeah, they, there might be a handful of plays in a game that you go, <clears throat> boy, that's very unseahawk like or, or whatever you say. Uh, but all in all, I think he's going to stay with what got him there. You know, and uh, I don't think, I don't think, Bob, he changed too much. Hey, um, tell me, you, you mentioned the words unique fit or maybe specialist or they fill certain spots. Mm-hmm. It seems like all we've ever heard, I mean, I remember one of the best draft picks that you ever had in your tenure was Steve Hutchinson, which was not a need at that time. Sean Alexander, you had Ricky Waters at the time. He was not a need. He, he kind of had to wait in the winds, but those ended up being two of the very best draft picks that you had, and it wasn't to fit a role. It was you took the best available player. Right, right. They, they do it in a different way, and it has been wildly successful, which is just 
I, I mean, from your, your just your vantage point of gone through this, it, it is how different is it than others around the league? What they've been able to accomplish the, the last four or five years? Well, I, I think it's pretty different. I mean, uh, you know, you sit in the draft, and this year I was able to be in there a little bit more with you guys, and you know, I to to try and predict what they're going to do is very difficult, very difficult because they go against. Sometimes they go against conventional wisdom, and and John has uh, Schneider has done a remarkable job of putting players together. I think part of that is that they say we're going to draft a player, player A, and even though people don't rate him very high or whatever, but we believe he's the player, and then they kind of make him the player, which I believe in. You know, we, we you make a player, you make a good player great, and you can help a player. That's what coaches do. And I think they've done that. I think the whole thing has been helped immeasurably by one player, and that's Russell Wilson. I think, you know, you 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 have hits and misses, as, and they have had hits and misses in the draft. They have, and and but mm-hmm. they had a tremendous hit with the quarterback in the third round. So people's, you know, you, you, that buys you a lot of goodwill now, and and good for them. I mean, they they did it, and John believed in him. I remember I, I've talked to John about this. He believed in him, and he went out and did it, and it's made all the difference in the world. And so, um, I think they do a great job of that, and they are willing to take chances. And because, and then the other reason is now that their defense is so good, their defense is so good that you can fiddle with the offensive picks just a little bit. You don't want to fiddle too much, but you can take a chance here and there because no one's going to score very much on them. Now, they'd like to be able to score a lot of points every game, and, and, and maybe they will. But their style of play is run the ball, pound them, play great defense. The other team makes mistakes, score points on defense, and then we're going to play the game that way. What do you think Russell can do to, to get better? We had our first opportunity yesterday to talk to him a little bit and asked, asked him about that, and it, you know he just kind of talks about being, being more consistent and things like that. But yeah. can you point to anything specifically you see that now entering his third year he can get better at still? Oh, I, I think a yeah, quarterback in his third year, Bob, is just scratching the surface. I mean, as good as he is and as productive as he has been, and, and they won. You know, he's just a pup when it comes to developing. So I would say every part of his game. Now, he says that. The time, listen, do me a favor, would you? The time you get an interview where he says something surprising to you, <laughs> would you phone me immediately? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, 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 I'll fall over dead will be the problem to, to be able to do oh, that. Oh, man. I mean, you love uh, that, don't you? I do. I, I think I, I just uh, not have to worry about what's coming out of a player's mouth. <laughs> it was so refreshing to me. And this guy, I mean, he's just a unique, uh, you know, you, can, you know I like him a lot. And, and he's, he's a unique young man. And, and I believe... I don't, you know, it's like the Stepford Wives. You know, you start going, what is this? He's, I've heard that, but, you know, he's just too good to be true. Right. I mean, what's going on here? But that's who he really is, I believe. And he'll, he, he'll get better in a lot of ways. And, you know, not to mention his timing, his throwing, because he wants to, and he'll work at it. How much, if that wide receiving core is so much faster that he prays, or faster, just better, he's, if Percy Harvin is healthy, how much do you think it will change the dynamic of Russell Wilson? A lot of it for Russell is broken plays, and Golden Tate was a big part of that. He was very good at the broken plays and getting open and coming back to the ball, and that's a different skill set than guys running routes and doing other right. things. Right. Um, tell me about that part of his game and developing, because a lot of times his strength is when he's flushed out of the pocket. Right. I, I think it'll at least I think it'll boil down to uh, what the coaches want to do. 
you know, if you're going to, you go in, you go into a, a your your OTAs and then your training camp, and you're in all these meetings, coaching meetings for hours and hours and hours, and you're developing a philosophy. Okay, this year, maybe we can do a little bit more in this area. Maybe we can tweak this just a little. Whatever they say in those meetings, maybe we can ask Russell to do a little bit more or whatever. Then you start practicing, and then you get to games, and it's it's not quite what you thought you wanted to be, it to be. Now you, what do you do? You revert right back to what you what you know works, what you know, and that could happen. So I think a lot of the success, or numbers, or however you you know look at success uh, with the team, uh, other than game winning games, you. You look. How are they going to run? How, it's up to the coaches. How are they going to do this? Because they have options, and if they want to use their speed a little bit more and throw the ball a little bit more than they have in the past, that's an option. Do you, does it, it opens you up maybe for a little more interception? I don't know, but it's up to the, how the coaches want to call the game and what they want to do. Then you will see, you know, if they do open it up, you'll see if 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 the players can handle that. We. Uh... We're out there yesterday. I know the OTAs are voluntary and all that. Marshawn Lynch has not been out there in the ones we've seen anyway. Is that a big deal at all? Uh, for his how he functions on the field, no. I, you know, he'll be the same player. He'll come to training camp. He'll heck, he didn't practice a lot last season. Yeah. You know, so he is who he is. Now, I would, I would, if I would try and talk him into showing up for some. If you don't, if it freaks you out to be here for the whole deal, or you got something going, I get that. But come on, give me, meet me halfway. Come on in for half of them, and maybe just being here with your teammates and all that stuff. I thought I always thought I always thought that was important. Uh, but as far as his ability on the field and missing practice time, I don't think it'll affect him one bit. We were talking about Marshawn and, and what his status is. Some people think this is his last year with the team just because financially what, what, what will have happened with the team moving forward and he's going to be a back that's close to the age of 30 after this next season. I, I just I, – I, it's hard to wrap your head around because he's kind of, to me, the real center point of the offense certainly and just his mentality seems to be that he is the Seahawk that beneath it all is the face of how he plays. What – what do you think just contractually and with Marshawn knowing the age that he's getting to, or we saw Sean Alexander just be the MVP and then just get hurt, fall off the map entirely. What, just a pragmatic, realistic standpoint, what, what is the near and long-term future for Marshawn, Coach? Well, you know what? I never bought into terribly that, that running back age thing. I, I, it, you know, if you with Sean, and I've said this many, many times, that if he he had never been hurt before in his life, he had never had an injury that prevented him from playing in college or in the early years with us. And then he signed his contract, and people said, "Well, no, he he signed the big contract, and then he and then he fell off the map." That's really not what happened. It, what what happened was he finally, for the first time in his life, he got hurt, and he really didn't know how to deal with that. I mean, it's it was different for him, and the things he was used to doing, and able to do on the field, which many times were remarkable. You know, he couldn't quite do because of the injury. So uh, his game changed. Now, in Mar- and then it, he got to a certain age, and, and that's the age everyone says running backs fall off the cliff. In Marshawn's case, he, he he's a different style runner. He gets hit a lot by a lot of guys. 
Now, they, it takes that many to, ta- to tackle him in many cases, <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, he does get hit by a lot of guys. That, I think, does take its toll. Now, it'll come down to – it could come down to a money thing. I think the club would like to – I'd try and figure, do everything I could to figure out a way to keep him and not buy into the shelf life of a running back. That's what I would try and do. And then it, it would be up to Marshawn and his people, his agents and so on, if they're willing to accept – Maybe a little different deal, but I, I think he is important. I, I I believe he's very very important to that team, and so um, you know how they do that in the next couple of years. If he, they have to make a salary cap adjustment, you know they got the best guy in the world doing it, Matt Thomas. There he he was with me in Cleveland. He's a great great contract guy, and uh, and and they'll get that done if if it's, if it's at all possible. I think. They've obviously got Robert Turbin and Kristen Michael behind Marshawn and younger right. guys who one or the other may be the heir apparent. As as a coach, can you try to carve out any part of the season to determine how much you know those guys can be, or do you just have to play each game and say if we got to you know if we we got to work Marshawn as much as we can, or do you do you go into the season saying we've got to get one of these guys a little more of a look to know what we have going forward? Well, you know, I went through that a little bit when we had Ricky Waters and we drafted Sean, and uh, Ricky wanted to be in the game. He did not want to come out of the game. And so Sean didn't get much of a chance to play. And one of the reasons is Ricky, you know, uh, he'd get a little cranky if you took him out of the game. <laughs> and so I wanted him, the, I wanted the best Ricky Waters I could have in there. So, and, and he was fine. But at some point we knew that Sean was going to be the guy. And then we made the decision. I, I think they will do what they have to do to win games and sprinkle these guys in just a little bit, but not, not a great deal. I, I think there are times during the games, I don't know how you feel about this, Bob, but there are times in the games I look out there and Marshawn's not in there. I go, I wonder why he's not in there. You know, right. I mean, I, 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 I asked that question to myself, and I think they worked out something. I, I think he must, I don't know this, maybe you do. I, I think he must, you know, if he, if he needs a blow, he might, they might have said, oh, you need a blow, you tell us. And then they they let him determine that a little bit. I think that's how it works. But uh, I think this year they're going to have to kind of sp- maybe maybe cut back a little bit on his carries because he carried the ball so much. If you want an effective back the whole season, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly the signal on that actually, but you're right. I, there would be times he'd carry the ball on first down, and then he'd be out on second and third down, and they'd have a, a, a turban in there. It, it, it seems like the hunch around around everybody is just if Kristen Michael shows some things the rest of the way, that then he can really become more of a factor this year. I, have you, in, when you saw Kristen Michael last year, did you feel like there was a, a thing or two he needed to do to really get on the field more? You know what? I wish I could answer that. I, I didn't see him enough to be to give it an honest answer. I, I know they like him very much, and he does have tremendous skill level. But I, I honestly didn't see him play enough to make that call. Hey, Coach, we were out there uh, OTAs watching Pryor go through work, and as of now, he's a guy that's just taken reps as a quarterback, although mm-hmm. Tavares Jackson has a guaranteed contract. You had Seneca Wallace on your team, who was the backup quarterback, and he was also, you know, saw time occasionally as a punt returner, and we remember the catch against Carolina at the wide receiver spot. And how how realistic is it that Terrell Pryor and Tavares Jackson will be on this roster next year as two quarterbacks, especially with the depth, the new depth, as we talked about previously, of the wide receiving core? Um, it, it seems to me that they don't like keeping three quarterbacks, but that's uh, but that mm-hmm. could change because because of who they have. 
I did not know uh, Tavares had a guaranteed contract. Is that? It's is not that guaranteed for, for a lot of money, but it's yeah, I don't think I, I don't think the money's enough to. It's be two a big million deal. or something, right? No, it's less than that. Is no, it less okay. than two? Like one point? Yeah, it's not a lot of money. Just it is. It is something that's guaranteed. Not that that ma- maybe that doesn't even matter. No, no, no. It matters. I, I, I it matters. And guaranteed contracts. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big fan of guaranteed contracts. So, yeah. uh, but I, I think it. I think there's going to be a competition. And I think they're going to pick one, and I don't. I don't think. Um, although it's a job and you're getting paid, I don't think either one of those guys has the temperament uh, to be the third. That, that's my feeling, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy it. I mean, and help and do the things you ask a third quarterback to do. But you know what? Again, it's these guys do different things with the players, and and the players buy in. So, but the third quarterback's kind of a funny deal. I mean, you gotta, you have to be very unselfish. You have to kind of know you're probably not going to play very much. You have to do the, the the garbage stuff at practice and make you know. And if you and they've all started, they've all been starters, and so uh, you're at, you, that's tough. It's tough sometimes. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I just want to make sure. I, yeah, Tavares, it just says a, the guarantee is only 150000 So, Oh, is no, that right? Okay, okay. okay. I, okay. I, I the, the total is one point two. Okay, million, not, that's, that's, that's a little different then. But, I mean, it was uh, – it, had it been guaranteed, that would – yeah, the, the, then it then that factors in pretty much. Yeah, I guess that's a total – is it is that then a total non-factor? It's a true competition between Tavares and Pryor? And, I, I think it is, yeah. If it's not right. – yeah, I think it is a true competition, mm-hmm. you know, and I think – but I, I think I, I do think they're different athletes. They're a little different, and I think it, it should come down to who passes the ball well enough because they're both pretty good athletes, you know. So that 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 would be what I would be looking at. I would think too in a Super Bowl contending team, if Russell gets dinged and you need a guy for a couple of games, Tavares being much more experienced, um, I would think he would. I just my initial reaction would be like, unless it's about the future. If it was about now, it would be Tavares, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, you would think so. But, I mean, they, they picked up prior for a reason. And, again, I, at this stage of the game, um, when John Schneider worked for me, I used to second-guess him all the time. Now I'm kind of <laughs> leaving him alone. He's, he's, he's done okay. I think that's about that's about right. All right, you've, you've earned enough. You know, it's like a dad of the son. All right, you, you, you've, you've taken the responsibility on. You've proven you can do it. I'll leave you alone for now, right? Right. <laughs> hey, Mike, as always, we appreciate you taking the time. Good stuff, interesting stuff, as always. And uh, get out on your bike. It's not as nice today, but it's supposed to be nice later this afternoon. You know what? Right? I will do that. You guys have a nice weekend. All Thanks right. a lot, Mike. Yep, take care, Mike. That's uh, Mike Holmgren uh, with us here on Sports Radio KJR. Coming up next, it's time to ask Bob your Seahawk questions. Maybe Bob's opinion on that backup quarterback spot uh, between Tavares and Pryor. Uh, Whatever's on your mind, you want to ask Bob from a Seahawks perspective or, as I said, uh, Husky beat reporter for 17 years as well. It's all coming up. Ask Bob next right here, Sports Radio KJR, Comcast Sportsnet. Dan Jerry on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Felicia and Jerry, Jerry off to Europe for vacation. Bob Condota sitting in the chair. Your colleague Jeff Baker will be in here tomorrow. We'll get his thoughts on the NHL and the Mariners and Balmer and everything else uh, mixed in there. You have been working feverishly 
And you know, it's always great when the no, trolls I got, yeah, come out. Yeah, I got, I got out. called out. So I, I, yeah, Call we'll go with 1.25 on. million guaranteed for Tavares Jackson. But I'll stand by my point. I don't think that's enough. They wouldn't have signed Terrell Pryor if they were like, "There's no way the guy can make the team because we've got Tavares Jackson signed to yeah. this other contract." They wouldn't have done that. So I don't see that on a salary cap of 130 million and or uh, 133 million team that that's that's going to force them to keep Tavares Jackson no matter what. However, I do think Tavares Jackson is going to be on the team. I just think he's going to be. The guy, you know, Doug Baldwin, when he signed his thing, I, 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 it's probably underrated the um, influence he has in the locker room among other players and, and uh, you know, the Tavares. Tavares, yes, mm-hmm. the respect he garnered in 2011 for the way he handled that season and just the way he is. You know, he's a great guy to great guy to talk to. He's been he a real mentor really to everybody. He played well upon. last year when he played, and um, he has totally bought in, I think, at this point in his career to being a backup quarterback, which is important as well. And, and that doesn't mean you're not trying to win the starting job, but there's a difference there, I think, in terms of attitude and things like that. Uh, you know, wh- where you're like, hey, if this is my role, I'm going to do the best I can with this role. And I think I think for this team right now, he's about a, he's about the perfect backup quarterback they could have. So I personally would be really surprised if, he's, if he was not part of this team, but not because of the, 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 the guaranteed money his contract is because I think he's going to be who they deem to be the best guy for that job well and Mike Holmgren mentioned it neither one of those guys he thinks would be okay with being the third guy and the Seahawks traditionally don't carry a third quarterback so it they is- did for a while last year I mean they've mm-hmm. done a little bit they did have BJ Daniels on the active roster for for a time last year so they've, they've done it a little bit again I don't think one thing I always caution I don't think there's absolutes with this team like they haven't done right. this so they're never going to do it so I mean I wouldn't necessarily say they're not going to keep three quarterbacks because it's but but you're right in general I, what to me what's the bigger deal is they have five right now and and I don't know if you want to go through training camp forever with five quarterbacks because I think it'd be really hard we've even seen that at OTAs that Keith Price and uh, B.J. Daniels haven't gotten a whole lot of work in, in, in the team sessions. And, uh, you know, at some point th- they might have to pare that down a little bit to make sure you get everybody enough work. You, you've got to get the starters, the, 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 the main guys, the work they need. But if you're going to bother having the younger guys on the roster, you know, obviously when camp comes around, there's a lot more a lot more reps to go around and all that. But but still, I, you know, Carroll has said he hasn't had five quarterbacks on, on a roster for very long. Mm-hmm. Bob Condota in the chair today. It's Ask Bob all your Seahawk questions. They're in OTAs this week. They have OTAs next week, mini camp in mid June, and then they'll take about a month off and be back to try to defend their Super Bowl championship. First question coming in Does that old Simon look like he's a fit? In other words, everything they thought he was when they drafted him. He sat out all of last year. Uh, he's a big guy. Uh, I haven't seen enough of him to make yeah, a determination wh- one way or the other. Yeah, way too early to call on that. Uh, he was out there yesterday, uh, and uh, so the real positive is that he was out there. So, uh, so he he's healthy enough to be there. What was the injury um, again? A cat? It was no, it was, it was it was a, a foot thing. A it was foot. yeah, it, it was a. a uh, yeah, I'm blanking on the, the exact nat- nature, but it, it was a foot injury. You know, when they drafted him, he had it. They, they sort of knew that he he was uh, he was a guy. They 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 kind of redshirted the term that's been used for a lot of guys from that class now that that they knew were hurt at the time. They were like, maybe we can get him a, get get a value pick here for for down the road, knowing that they were going to have some quarterback issues, which they did. They did lose a couple of guys this year, obviously in free agency, and and they hope. I, I think it's way too early to, to to call it on that yet. But the right, I mean, physically he he looks. So there's no doubt about that. I mean, physically he he's got that. He hasn't uh, lost that. But in terms of his playing style and can he measure up in that way, it's way too early to know that. He will be one of the really intriguing guys to watch in the preseason games this year, though. They're they're going to have a number of those, I think, a, n- a number of young guys. You know the the fourth quarters of these games and things like that, the, the first few preseason games. He's a guy who, who, who you're going to see out there a lot, I think, in some of those games. It'll be very interesting to see how he does. 
Uh, the leads us to the next question coming in. Uh, you mentioned Therald Simon in the red shirt class. Which guy from that red shirt class will have the biggest impact this year? Uh, well, well, I mean, we talked about Kristen Michael earlier with, with Holmgren. I mean, I think he could be the one who, especially just in terms of impact on the game that, that you see, I mean, carrying the ball and uh, if he can do some things there, I think he really could. Uh, Jordan Hill is, uh, you know, Jordan Hill did play last year and, and I think would have played a lot more if he hadn't gotten hurt. He wasn't a guy that, that I think they necessarily took knowing that because he didn't come in with an injury. Um, I think he really could. Uh, you know, they're going to need uh, they're going to need some bodies in there. Obviously, losing Clinton McDonald essentially, I think he could be Clinton McDonald's re- replacement in a number of ways. I think that that was the plan when they let Clinton McDonald go. Uh, Jesse Williams fits into that a little bit as well. Uh, I think he's another one. He's he's been back out there. He was not out uh, the first OTA we saw. Uh, had some sort of laceration, but he has yeah, been back out odd. there. I, yeah. I wanted you to get to the bottom of that. Who, yeah. who was the laceration? Why? How that happened? I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has been falling he, downstairs with yeah, a suitcase I, or what? Go yeah, on. I don't know. Um, but uh, he he has been back out there. So uh, linemen can be a little bit difficult to read just from what we see, and they're you know it is sort of non-contact. Um, but uh, I think in, in general he's another guy that, that that's really going to be on on the, on the hot seat there that way. Benson Mayoa was not drafted, but. Uh, I, I would almost uh, – he's another guy that, that really fits into that. They kept him on the active roster all last year after he made the team as an, as an undrafted free agent. I was really impressed by him yesterday. So of, of kind of a- anybody that we've seen so far in the limited time we've saw, I thought he was a guy who looks like he's, he's made that stride a little bit from last year to this year, looking like a guy who can fill the role that they hope he will. Another one coming in. Bob, do the Hawks big time the local media? Wilson never does local radio. Carol rarely. Totally different from Holmgren and Hasselbeck. They appear aloof. Is that fair? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, I just started covering the Seahawks on a regular basis. I, I mean, NFL teams are in general. I, I think the trend is to get a little more controlling uh, of their things. They, they are. Uh, you know, they have their own Seahawks.com website. They do a number of things. They obviously the the other station in town is the flagship station in town. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to read that. I, yeah, I don't every know. every coach has their own. Uh, has their own media philosophies and things. Obviously, Mike Holmgren is very comfortable doing a lot of media. Um, it, it, it's funny. I, I remember that Pete Carroll actually wrote columns for, I want to say, CBS. Uh, uh, it was CBSSportsLine.com at the time that year when after he'd gotten fired and then the, the year in between being fired by the uh, Patriots and then getting hired at USC. Uh, I don't think he has any issue with doing media stuff, but he just maybe has a little bit of a different uh, overall outtake and, and personality on that. But, uh, I, I, you know, in general, I think that the Seahawks make guys available for a lot of things. Another one coming in. Uh, if you lined up the five fastest Seahawks for a 100-yard dash, who would you put in there and who would win? Wow. Um that's a, a great one. Well, Percy Harvin, I'll try to go down the list real fast here. I did see Paul Richardson, Percy Harvin, definitely. Um, man, Jeremy Lane, probably. Maybe Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl Thomas. and um, Ricardo Lockett, if he's... Ricardo Lockett, pro- yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that that would probably be a good five, and I might not be wrong. Who would win that? Well, I'd probably better say Earl Thomas because he <laughs> might be the only guy who would take take the most offense if you didn't say that. But uh, He's the guy you got to um, talk to the most? Yeah. Uh, but Paul Richardson definitely is, you know, definitely looks like he could maybe win that too. And, you know, in, in general, he's regarded, uh, you know, the one difference maybe between him and Percy a little bit, I think he's regarded as a guy who would be a little bit faster in just that kind After of straight line thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Percy Harvin is so quick as, as, as Holmgren said, what's a really underrated thing in a way is kind of running with the ball and, you know, th- those kind of moves once you have the ball, which Percy Harvin has, I think, I think Paul Richardson 
maybe would just I, I don't know for sure I haven't seen it but I, I think the, the perception defense. would be just straight line I mean that's definitely why they got him is for how, that. how many moves do you have to have if you're if behind, you're behind the defense? you're right you're you just right. got to run with the ball in your hands right yeah. that seems more like uh, but that is more what they're going to want to do with him is mm-hmm. the over the top throws mm-hmm. I think and Percy Harvin's the, the more the guy the play I was describing earlier was a play where you know the ball went maybe five yards in the air and then he, he takes it and moves I mean that's what that's that's going to be the difference in how they use those guys a little bit last question for Bob on the ask Bob segment R- uh, Richard Sherman took out San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick to advance the final round of Madden NFL, the cover vote. Do you believe in the Madden jinx, Bob? You know, I heard anecdotally yesterday that he is uh, that he is way ahead in the competition with Cam Newton. So that right now he's definitely the favorite. Oh, I, th- I, think I don't they, like it. Uh, I think they I don't announced like it. on Friday. So excited. So. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to buy three copies yeah. in the systems that I don't even own. Well, I'll say, I, you know, I don't think he, I don't think Richard Sherman has any issue with it at all. You've seen him be very active on, on, on Twitter and things like oh, yeah, that, saying vote for me. So, yeah, yeah, he wants it. So, uh, I don't think he's worried about it. Um, I, my general thought belief is I don't believe in those things a whole lot. I know you could kind of know, break I those things either, down. But and I don't know what's wrong I think with Richard, tricky things that I, I think Richard, what he really wants to do is he wants to win, and then he wants to say, okay, EA, you want to put me on there? No, 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 no. You put me with Earl Thomas, with Cam Chancellor, with the entire LOB. I think Sherman wants the cover win because he wants to say, no, I want the whole defensive backs on here. I cool. think that's what he might, yeah, might want to do. And then I would just be nervous that instead of just one guy having problems, <laughs> we'd have the whole LOB have the side jinx. No, I, stay away. I also, I also, at the end of the year, he, he'll say that that was a sorry curse. If you're going to come at me with a mediocre <laughs> curse like that, this is the result you're going to get. Yeah, this oh, is the result man. you're going to get. I like that. On that note, we're coming back what we learned and swing and a miss. We already know swinging a minute. We got a couple of them. But uh, what we learned wrapping it up the, the last two hours, what you need to know, it's coming up after checking the cars. Elise and Jerry on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Bob Canota's in the chair. Thanks for coming in, my friend. It's always good. This time you weren't nearly as busy. Yeah, no, it was nice it, to not be distracted. <laughs> until until you had the, the, the fear in the back of your mind that you might have got a stat wrong. I saw you feverishly. Uh, oh, no. Tell the story. This is great. So I said, it's a guaranteed contract for Tavares Jackson. You're like, no, nah, I think it's 150. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I just automatically assume Bob is going to be right because I thought yeah, I'd no, read yeah, it in no, your I, column. I blew it and on I was that like, one. No, I know, I know. This is our swing and a miss segment. But the the point is, you looked at a site that you said is usually rather reliable, just real quick on the fly, live radio, no editor, and it said a it said a hundred and it said one hundred and fifty. But uh, yeah, well, well, my stupid other lame excuse was, but Tavares resigned. <laughs> I was covering a Mariner game at spring training, so I didn't really. So that that was one that I didn't really, uh, I didn't really write a big story about. So I just he signed, and I, I kind of forgot about. Well, it. Yeah, well, you're allowed to swing. In fact, it, just to tell you, it makes me feel a lot better about myself, Bob, that you can make a mistake. And that's what that's the it's ultimate really... takeaway from today. <laughs> that you can make a mistake out there. We talked to it's Mike like playing Holmgren. the Washington Generals. Exactly. Uh, we talked to Mike Holmgren earlier today for what we learned. He talked about um, this wide receiving core and just where it ranks. We asked him amongst those in the NFL if Percy Harvin is healthy. What uh, What are you looking at next year? Well, I'd like to see Paul in person, you know, uh, on, on film. Uh, yeah, you see some similarities. You see great speed. Um, you see uh, 
avoidability. I mean, they can really get away from people, and they have good skills running the ball. I think Percy is special, though, when it comes to that. And I, I think you can take a very, very fast guy like Paul Richardson, and that's that's similar. But then when it comes to actually running with the football and yards after the catch, I, I think Percy Harvin's kind of unique. Uh, and, if, and if this young man can get anywhere close to that, um, then they've really got something. It, it's going to be, I, I think it's one of the most intriguing storylines of next season, Bob, how Percy Harvin is implemented in the offense and what they do with Paul Richardson. You asked Mike about how they're going to be on the field together and maybe how those roles will you know, ex, you know, help how they can be on the field and really be effective together. Um, but it's well, they yeah, interesting. Yeah. Harvin Harvin plays much more insider the slot sure. position. And yeah, so they, they, they'll have Just, no trouble I mean, getting feeding all, off. But yeah, each no, other. Doubt, Not, no doubt. Certainly, yeah. Percy's more of you. I you. I don't call him a slot guy. But no, but clearly, but that's more of where Paul he, Richardson's he, an outside receiver. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think Richardson would be the one who'd be a little more limited in where he lines up right now, being a rookie and, and wanting to get him into that and and lining him up more out there where you get the favorable situations. And Harvin is a guy who'll line up all over the place, but I think mm-hmm. you see you'll see him a little bit more inside. And then you got Doug Baldwin, who is as Pete Carroll said last week would also sort of be your if you went if you started a three receiver set right now. Uh, maybe Jermaine Curse fits into that as well. But if you went with Richardson, Harvin, and and Baldwin, you'd have Richardson and uh, Baldwin on the outside and Percy in, in, on the inside. And you, yeah, you can easily make it work that way. But yeah, the receiving spot is going to be very intriguing to me, and and especially the the last few spots there. Of um, you know, I think we've got four or five for sure locks that are going to make it. Sidney Rice, I, I still think could really factor into things if he's healthy this year. Uh, you know, he he wasn't he wasn't phenomenal when he played last year but he had some good games that's had some well, had some real good plays and he could be healthier when he comes back this year because he will have had all this time just rehabbing his knee whereas last year he was trying to play through some things and then he suffered a significant injury anyway but but if he can come back healthy I think he could really fit into that and then you've got Kevin Norwood and then you've got you know where some kind of intriguing guys that Ricardo Lockett's and Phil Bates who've been hanging around for a while and then Chris Matthews the Kid from the CFL who definitely has the size, and according to Russell Wilson, had a really good. Yeah, he was out there yesterday. He didn't do much yesterday. Um, Russell Wilson told us when he met with us that he that he had had a really good Friday. Uh, So we'll see. He had been limited. We didn't get to see him at all at the rookie minicamp because he had a hamstring Mm -hmm. issue. So yesterday was uh, um, really the first chance to see him much, and he he didn't uh, you know he didn't make a a ton of plays or anything. But just physically, he looks the part. I mean, he definitely has that size. So which is the um, dimension they don't. Yeah, uh, Jermaine Curse is a big guy. He's six two. Yeah, and he high points the ball. Well, and Sidney Rice, and then. uh, um, Sidney Rice is six four. Sidney Rice and, and uh, uh, Phil Bates is six one two twenty. I want to make sure I got his height right there for a second. Well, Kevin Phil, Norwood Phil is Bates a is a, guy. and then Ke- Kevin Norwood's a bigger guy as well. But so they do have some some candidates for that. But just so sort of deciding that that fifth sixth receiver spot and then who, who do they cut and everything. I think is going to be very uh, is going to be very interesting. That there's the Condota phone. That's the Condota phone. It, it, in fact, that makes it, it it's time to go. He's getting uh, signs from outer space. <laughs> what is Sorry that about ringtone? that. Another rookie mistake there. <laughs> That's a swing and a miss for Vovkinda. What is that ringtone? Is that R2D2 or what? It's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the, no, I don't have a personalized ringtone. It's the phone, it's the ringtone that came with the phone. That's terrible. I don't care enough. I to can imagine it. you, can't you just see Bob just carrying around an old brick phone? Just oh my gosh. Because yes. it works. The one foot old tall school. phone. Yeah. Is that, oh what do yeah. you got going on over there? No, no. This is, is up this to date. Is it? It's a brand new up to date. No, I'm is a little it? bit. No, I'm. You know, we've got we've got Larry Stone and, and some people like that who are a little more Neanderthal than I am when it comes to technology <laughs> at the times. So I'm That's a little a bit shot. more. T- no. But uh, 
But I should do the Ryan Divis, you know, have my favorite songs. He's got the outfield. I'm sure, pretty sure he still has that, which uh, broke into a Steve Sarkeesian uh, uh, press conference once. Uh, Divis feverishly oh. trying to figure out how to turn off the outfield. And Sarkeesian, <laughs> go, and Sarkeesian going, nice song, dude. Divish's ringtone is Pitbull, right? It may yeah. be now. Only in his nightmares. I, I somehow must have missed that. I was it must have. It wasn't one of the Monday ones, but it, it oh, was one okay. of the group on the field things. And, and but uh, so there was like five of us out there. But can't uh, you just see Sarkisian? Yeah, nice phone, dude, or nice ring, dude. Oh, good times. Well, hey, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. The Hawks are back out at uh, OTAs for the rest of this week. Media is closed off until next week when there's two, correct? Yeah, we get Monday and uh, Thursday, I want to say. So we get the we get the, the last one at OTAs. And the following week, they'll have three mini camp days, all of which are open to the media, and which are mandatory. So at least in, in those ones, and we'll, see we'll see everybody. Yeah, well, well mandatory for everybody. Mandatory is mandatory. Right? Well, mandatory is mandatory in Except the NFL. Except for Marshall. Well, thanks for coming in. It's Bob Condota. You better follow him on Twitter, at B Condota. Jeff Baker is going to be in in the chair tomorrow we'll get his thoughts about uh, everything and going on seattle sports jerry's out in europe ian and puck take you from here on sports radio kjr